Hey there! Welcome to episode 51 of the Authors Read podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is Lynn Lesh, and he'll read from his book, Intelligence in the Digital Age How the Search for Something Larger May Be Imperiled. We take both thought and memory for granted. That is, we believe that we can grasp the particulars of our world by thinking logically about them, and likewise assume that our memories pertain to events and circumstances in our lives that by and large occurred the way we remember them. In other words, the reality of both processes is rarely, if ever, questioned. Yet some who have thought deeply about this matter Those who have done so by being able to at least temporarily step outside the structure of thought and the nature of memory have found that both processes not only have their own unique limitations, but also are not as real as most people have always taken them to be. However, undertaking such an intrinsic examination of our thinking mind in relation to our external reality and carefully examining memory in relation to the nature of time in the past means having the sort of clear-sighted apprehension that can only be called into service when one's ability to attend, to formulate a clear internalized picture of one's world, and to access one's long-term memories are all processes that are operating optimally. Any number of psychologists, philosophers, and thinkers have written about how our memories of past events in our lives are essentially products of our thinking minds that can never create past events and circumstances exactly as they occurred, or as we experienced them at the time, meaning that we're forever creating in our minds a past that isn't entirely real. Some, such as the late philosopher-thinker Jadu Krishnamurti, have even gone so far as to suggest that all knowledge because it is a product of the past, needs to be looked at with the same suspicious eye. During a series of conversations that Krishnamurti had over the years with the famous 20th century physicist David Bohm, the two of them often discussed the nature of knowledge in relation to thought, the past, and memory. Bohm had originally become interested in the philosophy of Krishnamurti upon hearing of Krishnamurti's contention that the observer is the observed. As a quantum physicist, Bohm had been deeply immersed in the dynamics of the quantum world, that in which since the time of Werner Heisenberg, physicists have maintained that the observer of quantum reality at the level of the very small can't help but affect that reality merely by the process of observing it, so Bohm had been immediately struck by Krishnamurti's contention. The two men often discussed the process of image making in the mind in relation to how images of our world that we create prevent us from experiencing the world and ourselves as they really are. In relation to this idea, they spoke often of whether the movement of thought, which creates the past and memory, could ever come to a complete stop so that we might discover whether some larger reality beyond rational thought actually exists. Both men have since passed on. Krishnamurti died in 1986 at the age of 90, and David Bohm died in 1992 at the age of 74. Yet their fascinating dialogues have been preserved in a number of publications and videotapes. What remains from their discussions is the far-reaching idea that the process of thought might have distinct limitations in terms of how our thinking minds create an illusory conception of our world, the past, and even knowledge itself. 
Likewise, once again, there is the idea that a clearer perception of our world and ourselves in search of a larger awareness might necessitate discovering exactly how the movement of thought might come to an end within each of us. The revered ancient Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu referred to a similar state of clarity in which thought might come to an end and everything is fulfilled in his iconic book Tao De Xing, De Xing when he wrote, if you realize that you have enough, you are truly rich. If you stay in the center and embrace death with your whole heart, you will endure forever. The remarkable implication of what these men meant by their seemingly confounding yet potentially illuminating statements is something that most likely can only be fleshed out if one is able to at least temporarily step outside his or her thinking mind to examine, at a deeply intuitive level, their true meaning. More than anything, the reality to which Krishnamurti and Lao Tzu point almost certainly has to do with the illusory nature of thought and memory, things that might prevent us from being in touch with a larger intelligence that may lie beyond them. Yet if in this new digital age, the capacity of our brain to turn short-term into long-term memories, our ability to focus and attend, and our capability to create a clear internal picture of the particulars of our world are being threatened by how we are using our digital devices, then this situation may indeed have profound implications for the sort of search for a larger awareness about which Krishnamurti and Bohm often spoke. More than anything, as we continue to increasingly outsource our memories to Google or other search engines and memory devices such as Echo, compromise our capacity to attend by facilitating a distracted awareness and subject ourselves to more knowledge and information than our working memories can possibly absorb through our online addictions, we may eventually find ourselves in serious danger of losing the subtlety of mind necessary to examine our thinking minds in search of something larger. What's more, it's easy to see how this loss of mental acuity can easily become institutionalized over the coming decades, as our digital world begins to slowly but surely take over everything, our commerce, our personal relations, our patterns of learning, and how we acquire information and knowledge. Eventually, there might not people like there may not be people like Krishnamurti or David Bohm in the world, simply because people will have lost the mental capacity to discover what Krishnamurti had discovered and what he and David Bohm had spent time discussing. If it is indeed true that each time we remember something, the memory of that be event becomes less accurate, then that would appear to be powerful evidence of how our remembrance of the past and the knowledge that might emanate from it may often be, be illusory products of our thinking minds, something Krishnamurti devoted his life trying to make clear to others. Yet how could those of us who are interested in exploring the structure of our thinking minds, knowledge, and the past in search of a larger consciousness do this if our working memories our attention spans, and our capacity to internalize the world in which we exist are not left intact in the midst of this new digital age we have entered, one in which all of the above may well be under assault. The answer would appear to be that we couldn't due to a number of different factors. First of all, if people's capacity to effectively turn short-term recollections into long-term memories is so compromised by the glut of information from the digital world that it becomes increasingly difficult to absorb that information, or if, a or if their capacity to attend is compromised by that same information overload, people may easily over time lose the capacity to examine the nature of memory itself simply through having lost their once clear access to it.
Then over time, as it becomes increasingly difficult to step outside memory and the past in order to carefully scrutinize them, simply because memory's relation to the past has grown foggier, it seems inevitable that it will become ever more difficult for people to come to the realization of how memory, the past, and the structure of thought are inextricably connected. Eventually, as the digital world increasingly leaves its mark on people's thinking minds and physiological brains, this search for the exact nature of the relationship between thought, the past, memory, and knowledge might over time become a genuine impossibility. In addition, as people's short-term memories and consequently their attention spans become ever more diluted by the amount of facts and information coming at them on their digital devices, their capacity for lengthy introspective thought might be similarly compromised as their thinking minds begin to lose the capacity for the sort of uninterrupted long-term attention span that is able to follow a single thought all the way to its original source. If people are living with an increasingly distracted attention due to information overload, and if their internal cognitive map has grown fuzzier due to their increasing inability to turn short-term recollections into long-term memories, then it seems inevitable that a potential search for the exact nature of the relationship between thought, memory, the past, and knowledge will become one that becomes increasingly impossible to undertake. I'd like to thank Lim for sharing his book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!